martial art of parenting is not about karate chopping our kids, though we might feel like doing so at times. It's about recognizing that parenting itself is a martial art, a daily practice with no end. Though we are surrounded by well-intentioned advice and experts and latest trends, we all know that parenting is a deeper practice. It's calling on us to know ourselves and our family and find our own way to navigate our brood through the wilderness of life. Our family is the dojo, open 24-7. There's no escape, no vacation, or other vocation as great as the moment right now with our kids and our co-parent. We are here to learn the skills that we were never taught to be braver, kinder, stronger, and wiser. Becoming the change we wish to see in our family. So won't you join me now to step into our audio dojo, this podcast, where you have a front row seat, intimate access, as I interview inspiring parents who also struggle as we get real about it all. And we learn a lot from one another in the spirit of onegaishimasu, Japanese term in Aikido, which means allow me to learn from you. Let's train. This feels like a, a real treasure to have a little bit of your time and for us to both steal time from our families. And uh, yeah, I'm so, so grateful to you, Hope, for being being here with me to have a conversation. And the, the whole goal is to get to know you as a parent. Well, I uh, thank you. And actually, it was really cool to uh, just consider some of the things that we had talked about last time we spoke, um, seeing some of your questions and the things that you're pondering in your approach and your support. Um, I was actually looking forward to doing a little bit of writing and I've taken time, not just right now, but taken time to carve out just how do I feel about some of these things beyond the immediate conversation, but what, what sits, what resonates, what feels right. Um, and so thank you for that. That was, uh, the, the run-up to having this conversation um, was also really helpful and, uh, and yeah, inspiring. Awesome. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And, and I hope as, as our listeners, we, you know, you also feel inspired to consider the questions that I'm going to ask. And so I'm, I want to start at the very beginning because <laughs> I've just, my daughter, yeah. my daughter has been forcing Sound of Music on me. And there's that song, we start at the very beginning, very good place to start, right? And I thought, I love it. how can we start uh, in getting to know you? And I thought, well, okay, what was it like for you to become a parent? Huh. Well, I, um, I think for me, I had dreamed about having kids for a really long time. It was something that I knew with more certainty than anything um, in my life. And um, I think some children dream of getting married. Some people dream of you know their first business or becoming a certain career. And for me, being a parent was just like the greatest dream um, that was going to unfold in due course. And then when I got to there around the age and I had found Charlie and it was clear that we were going to have kids together, mm. everything was set and great. And then I actually had a bit of a struggle to, uh, mm. to, with health concerns. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, this dream, this thing that I really wanted for so long, mm. uh, could it not happen for me? Um, so luckily through a lot of support and uh, some great homeopaths and energy workers, I managed to move through um, some pretty crazy hormone uh, dysfunction and, and imbalances and got pregnant um, both once and twice, uh, Sophia and Alfie. And, uh, and so it was even sweeter than <laughs> this dream that I'd wanted for so long. But then there was this moment where I thought, oh my gosh, could I actually have something so clear that I wanted and felt like I was kind of destined for being a parent and then maybe I wouldn't be able to be a parent. And um, so becoming a parent 
when it did happen was just the greatest gift and uh and I felt like uh at home in that zone as much as I had imagined it to be challenging and exciting and full of its own positive and and difficult struggles um wow becoming a parent mm-hmm. has really been the greatest um learning gift of my life wow that's so that's so beautiful and I, I just I've been hearing so much about people these days where they really want to have kids and they can't yeah and, and it seems like because of all kinds of health and modern living yeah getting harder and harder to have kids it's such a gift such a miracle yeah yeah yeah, I think of it all the time of what a gift and I am reminded that it isn't as easy or, you know, as possible. So that again is a is a reminder when it is difficult and when it is a struggle, because it is um at times, um, that I, I'm just really fortunate. Mm, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. So help me understand your vision of what it means to be a parent. Because I think, you know, we're so busy, we're so in in it. And the last yeah. time I talked to you, I was really struck by um, how you thought about being, you know, hmm. we'll learn more about all the different things that you're doing that are really exciting. But like, how do you see yourself as a parent? What's your, what's your job? What's your role? Great question. And a big question. Um, and to be honest, I, like when I first became a parent, it was sort of like grab on <laughs> and go. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very instinctual and I didn't really uh check in with myself that much about how I could proactively consider what parenting was I just was a parent and I was very happy and appreciative and I really enjoy little babies and I felt that instinctual urge and rhythm felt natural to me and I you know I was overtired and there were times where um I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. And I would call my mom, who I trust a great deal, um, and other reach out to other parents and support network. Um, and I have to say, as my children moved from baby to toddler to little kids, I started to then step back and, and really be more conscious about how I was parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually came when my kids were three and five, I was working full-time, flat out, uh, for a company um, that I really enjoyed my work and I loved what I was doing, but I was physically, emotionally tapped out. I had a full-time nanny. I wasn't with my children, and I was, but I was by many measures successful, doing great work, making great uh, you know, financial reward. And my children seemed to be, you know, doing what other children were doing in lots of programs, very busy. The nanny was taking care of them. Um, and I just didn't even know who they were or who I was. And I, I, it sort of struck me, um, again, my body sent me very strong messages, cues of like, whoa, wake up. Mm. Um, And I didn't really have a connection with my kids in a way that when I was younger, imagining myself as a parent and what I really wanted, um, I realized that I wasn't doing anything to nurture that or support it. Um, Was it painful to realize that? Oh, yeah. It was painful to watch my children look at me and I... Uh, one of one of the the parts of being a parent it, for me is I do remember being a child very well, mm-hmm. and I could see them looking at me as this busy, stressed out kind of fractured person that they love but they didn't know, and I was looking at them as really needing a lot that they weren't getting, and it was just this snap all of a sudden. I remember exactly the day it happened. And I thought, uh, I need to change my life completely. This has to stop. And uh, I left my job. Uh, we um, Actually, that was the first time we took our children on the road and basically pulled back the greatest resource, which is time, and spent time with 
each other, getting to know each other, starting to figure out what is this container of parenting? Because I kind of see it as this like safe ship that you're navigating collectively. You as a parent or me, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning from the models of my own parents and the stories of their parents. Like we sort of had this intergenerational um, story chain that mm-hmm. it helps me to navigate my own ship. And then I also have to be aware of, of kind of the landscape around me and my children who are, you know, on that ship with me, um, be open to learning new things from them. Like I do not have all of the rules set out. I don't have all of the guidelines clearly mapped, but I have some framework, you know, all those stories and beliefs that I check in with all the time. Um, But really parenting for me is like this beautiful, it's a journey, it's a flow. um, And it is uh, a humility, a layer of humility that um, I haven't received from anything else quite so, so, um, so strongly. Yeah. So I want to jump back on a couple of things you said, but like what I'm really struck by is like, it, I see you kind of like an adventure guide yeah, and a navigator. Yeah. Um, and you've got to figure out how to move through the terrain that's in front of you. And you yeah. don't necessarily always have the map, but you're finding your way. Yeah, you hold that responsibility to hold the family together. Yeah, on that journey. Yeah, that's really yeah. exciting to me because then your job is not just pay the bills, keep them safe. Da da da. You have this expansive, exciting, adventurous life. Yeah, I mean, paying the bills and that's also ha- yeah. it is paying the bills and um, having a practical responsibility. Um, it definitely plays a part. Um, I do think that taking a step back, that's, you put it well, but having a more expansive view has helped me not get mired in the details. The details are important. The details matter. Um, but it's like really stepping back. And I find this with all parts of my life when I'm able to have a healthy thread between the details that matter and the expansive space and the container that is kind of ever present is the sweetest place to be because you can go back and forth and learn from both the big, the the small, and uh, it's all important. So I really admire that because I I struggle with um, that tension between being responsible and taking care of safety and security. Mm-hmm. And also, I just want to have fun. I want to explore. Mm-hmm. I want to go on adventures. And sometimes there's more safety and security concerns that are yeah. boring. And uh, I forget the details. I fumble around. I get it done. Yeah. I see that you've got, you found some kind of synergy and balance there. And, and I want to go back to that moment where you said it just came to me all of a sudden I just had to change everything. And I thought, holy shit, that must have been scary. That must have taken a lot of guts to, to walk away from your job, your career in a, in a certain way and realize yeah. yourself with that, all that need for security, right? And, and just having yeah. routines and just breaking out of all of that. What was that like? That uh, yeah, it was very scary uh, to pull away from the convention That ship is the mothership that is, Mm -hmm. it is so reliably there and consistent. And I was surrounded by other people on a similar ship. So how could it be a wrong, how could this ship not be a great ship? Mm -hmm. But um, I, the fear of me um, losing myself to the Mm -hmm. shoulds, I think that's what it was, losing myself to the shoulds of I should do this and this is, what um, parents should do, and this is practically what you should do. Um, I just, I think my body put its hand up so directly and said, you're going to be a complete mush in the shoulds. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go through that, then your children will also not be able to navigate out of the shoulds and see how there's lots of musts uh, in this kind of wild precious life that we have. Um, 
I, I think also um, since that initial aha, I have had some positive reinforcements from moving away from the shoulds. So mm -hmm. it was scary and uncharted territory, but I kept getting um, these signs and affirmations from the right track. Totally. And it yeah. actually just like any habit, once you build that muscle up, mm. it just um, encouraged me and Charlie and our family to keep diving into like, okay, is this a should? Is it, where is this coming from? Is it something that we have to do? Um, Cause there's definitely Charlie and I are both uh, very practical, organized. We like to be efficient. Mm. Um, but where, where is it on the should line? And I find that kind of compass for us is uh, has been um, really instrumental to building up a muscle of like life is really it, it's big enough for the practical and the stuff that the rigor the the due diligence and also so much adventure and so much play. Wow! And I I when I hear that I think about the strength that it takes to say no to the should. In, in ourselves and around mm. us and to walk away from it and to challenge it, to be like, mm. wait a second. No, I don't know if I need to believe that, but even though everyone else around me, like, yeah, certain kind of resolve inside to yeah. listen to. I, and I was struck by what you said, you know, you're too, you're afraid of losing yourself. And that is the thing that people, apparently all the studies, when people are dying, you know, yes. fears, I regret that I wasn't true to myself. Yeah. And I, I made these compromises and these decisions. I lived by the should. Yeah. Now this is what I'm sitting with as I'm dying. So I'm really struck by the courage it, it must have taken. And, and just to get to know you a little more, like, I'm going to guess that you have a, a whole bunch of strengths that allow you to make such a such a leap such a shift right? like you're adventurous i think you're a pretty creative person right like you you're yeah i mean I, i'm exploring my creativity yeah. for sure i think everyone's creative and yeah. i think um the more you go off the path of the shoulds the more your creativity because you're not your identity or my identity to personalize it mm -hmm. when it doesn't rely on the reinforcement of what is expected I can off-road and it's okay if I totally screw up or my creativity looks flabby or fluffy or weird and wonky. That's okay because it's just for me. So yes, I, I would say I'm, I'm very creative in my own way um, and learning to trust that creative vein more and more. And actually my kids are, are reminding me as a grown-up to play and be more creative for sure. If your kids could be here and they could say, what, what is it that mommy, what's special about mommy? You know, besides that she loves me and she takes care of me and she gives me stuff and she leads me on adventure. Like, what is it about mommy that's really special that they really admire maybe and, and see as really strong? What would they say? Hmm. We, we did this really uh, awesome exercise at the end of our year travel. Uh, we just traveled around the year, uh, around the world for a year, and together as a family. And at the end, Charlie and I said to each other, "Okay, so how are we going to mark this? What what can we do mm. to um, just help us to understand and integrate so much that's happened?" And so we decided to write each other letters mm. and. You know, it, it, uh, it was just a little idea, but um, hearing my children wrote each of us a letter and hearing what they saw and how they felt about us um, was really a beautiful thing. And I guess my kids, I, I, I was so emotional to hear that they felt my, um, my actual hope came out, they said, mommy, you give us hope. You help us to feel like anything is possible and that there is hope in any situation if we look hard enough for it mm. and that you really, your energy makes us feel safe no matter what, no matter where we are in the world, no matter who we're uh, in the presence of or the situation that happens, 
And uh, yeah, it was really, you know, in their own words, but um, they wrote independently and it was quite the same. Yeah. So that, um, that just, wow. It was mm. so awesome to hear mm. and to hear what they wrote about their father um, and to see, you know, what he wrote about me and, and all of us. It was uh, an exercise I highly recommend after even a two week holiday with your family where you're spending time together. It's uh, it's an incredible um, tool for reminding yourself. Yeah. That's beautiful. I have a Maria, my wife and Sophia, my daughter, we have a book for each other. And we write into each other's book every birthday or every kind of... Oh, that's such a great idea. We draw. And then you have this like thing that you kind of... Oh, I love that idea. When you feel really down at yourself, you pull out that book, hopefully, or we tell you, we remind you, there's this book, remember? But I that is this. a great idea, David. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't help but be a little selfish right now. Like I, I want to ask you for help because I've always had this relationship with the word hope. And with the idea of hope, I've always struggled with it because I don't want to feel disappointed. And I feel like you really embody hope. And I, I'm trying to grapple with what is real, real hope. You know, there's like fake hope, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hope that the government is going to turn things around and things are going to work out. Yeah. Believe and have faith. Um, and that's the kind of hope that I think is puts people to sleep and makes yeah. us passive and makes us accept the shoulds. Yeah. Because somehow things will just change and evolve. And what you embody is something much, much deeper and truer. And I want you to kind of help me, help me grasp more hope in my life. Because <laughs> there's climate change. There's my daughter growing up. There's like yeah. something going on. Yeah. I want to have something to hold on to. So what would you say to a parent like me who's, who's hopeless or, or has less hope? Oh, such a good question. I, you know, to be honest, I have been exploring what hope means to me because obviously it's my name and I'm feeling into it more and more as really like um, a huge part of my being who I, you know, it was fantastic. My parents gave me that name. And also um, I feel like hope is one of those words where words aren't enough to describe it. Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like hope is a feeling more than, um, more than a specific narrative. And I think when, as a parent or as a person living in this world where we're at, um, hope is often grounded in like optimism and, you know, it's, you're hopeful for a better future, for good stuff to happen. But I feel like hope is further than that. I think hope is like, you know, what I was saying earlier about this expansive space. Mm. I think that is hope. And I mm. think hope can take the shape of really a lot of different things, depending on who is hoping. Mm. Um, but I think just having that really loving presence um, where things are very connected, it's a, it's, trust is built in there. Yeah. There is um, karma built in there. I mean, I'm weaving a lot of things in, but hope is like, it is a cycle. It is a presence that is, it's not a start and finish. Yeah. And I guess uh, for me, hope is, is like this warm sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it, it does help me. And, and I think that's what I try and push out. The more I can connect with it, the more I can push it out and my kids feel it mm. and other people feel it. So I, I'm, I, you're yeah. working. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it. Because <laughs> as you're talking, I'm like, I'm feeling it in my body. There's this warm feeling. And I'm having all these associations like, like when we're gardening, it's like recognizing, yeah, there's death here. There's, there's, yeah. there's pests here. There's things that are, didn't work out. And yet there's so much life and there's so yeah. much potential. And this, no matter what, how bad things get, there's always life here. There's always this life force in inherent in everything. Yes. Potential. About, yeah. There's this potential for anything to happen. Yeah. Everything is already there in front of me. There's nothing missing. And there's that sense of expansion, but there's also, I'm thinking of like Mr. Rogers. I, I saw his piece of his documentary recently and 
he says, you know, when there's a tragedy, look for the helpers. Mm. And that idea of like, even when things look really grim, yeah, look around you and you'll see possibility. You'll see goodness. You'll see strength. You'll see courage yeah. in any situation if, yeah. you, if you dare to look. Yeah. Not just be frozen by the scene of something painful. So that's what I'm taking from you. This is uh, more of a oh. grounded kind of like real hope. I like it. And, and also to, to sit with your feet. Hope is a good one to do because mm. it's so full of potential and it's mm. quite large or huge. Um, is to sit and feel a feeling without the words is something I'm definitely practicing as a parent and with my kids is what does that feel like to you? We don't need to necessarily articulate it or describe it, but like feel that feeling and yeah. And then you can access it again. Because once you really know what that feels like, Mm. um, then you can keep kind of emoting it. Yeah. And sharing it in your feeling. You don't actually have to say anything. And I, I'm a big believer in, you know, feeling other people's energy and their um, their tone of where they're at. And, uh, yeah, hope is a really, is a great one for that. Beautiful. And that, again, like, it makes me think of so much. And it's like, in mindfulness, it's this posture of opening yourself mm-hmm. to welcome whatever's there. And as a martial artist, it's that it's that your hands are open, your body's open, and you're facing mm-hmm. whatever's in front of you, and you're just available. You don't know what's going to happen, and there's that sense of like anticipation and readiness, but also like anything goes here. Yes, uh, I love that. Um, and that 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 it's not looking to the future. There's no like, oh, this is going to go. No, way. I have any. It's right here, right now. And actually, kids are so good at that. They mm. teach me every day. Um, a lot of people we're, we're moving in a few days and a lot of friends have asked, you know, are your kids nervous? Are they feeling scared to make such a big leap? And I said, you know what? They're just right here right now. (laughs) It's Tuesday or it's Wednesday and they're just in Wednesday and I don't want to go swimming and I can't wait for my play date after. And I want to make cookies later. That is it. Yeah. I mean, I think Sophia is is starting to project a little bit further. Um, but kids, yeah. most most of the time, they are right grounded in the right now. Mm. And I imagine in your family, you've created that culture. Where the culture around us is always in the future or the past, right? Yeah. We're always seeking and thinking we need more and more, or we're stuck on something and how it's happening yeah. a certain way. So I think you've probably had to cultivate a culture within your family ship you call it yeah where you've had to be like reminding each other to be like come back to now <laughs> come back to like yes. where are you now until it yes more natural i guess right that- you know what really stuck because you know you try different tools with kids and different kids things stick things don't and what has really stuck especially with alfie is what you think sorry what you believe informs your thoughts and what you think become reality and when he starts to say, ah, oh, I'm really nervous about tomorrow and I'm so scared about this and the journey is so long and it's going to be so hard. And mm. we talk about then it's going to be hard. It's going to be long. It's going to feel all those feelings that you're projecting already into the future. Mm. So even if it's something small, like swimming is going to be cold and hard and difficult and I really don't want to do it. And you feel all of those feelings. Yeah. That's what it's going to be like. When they start to test drive, like, even if I don't feel it, swimming is going to be really cool and it's going to be cold and it'll wake me up. And we just try and like flip those feelings around into a more, you know, a space that feels better. Um, That's what happens. And it's. Yeah. So you're kind of asking them to entertain a positive possibility. Yeah. One is so seductive and immediate. Totally. Totally so powerful it make it leads you to create that you're yeah. encouraging them to go well what if it could be the other way yeah and it's even little corrections and as i say it to them i'm telling myself and i think that's also part of parenting is that i'm not i'm modeling it but i'm also teaching or reminding myself hey practice what you're sharing with them because mm-hmm. i definitely fall down the hole of like oh my goodness how are we going to have a 47 hour journey that's crazy and uh, and so Charlie and I sat down and thought, how can we do what we're telling the kids? 
How can we make it an adventure? How can we make it enjoyable? How can we make it feel safe? So we we figured out some tactics. I'll let you know. <laughs> but yeah, practice. I'm curious because I also know you as a very authentic person. And, you know, sometimes people go too far with the positive stuff where they are always yeah. putting the lid on the garbage, right? Like, yeah. oh, you feel sad. No, look at the bright side. And then and then that actually yeah. makes us feel invalidated because. So, yeah. But what, what I know of you is that you're so you're very authentic. So how do you how do you bring together being authentic? Yeah, you feel scared or this is hard. And let's let's get into uh, the possibility of this turning out in a better way. How do you? Yeah, I, I ride that line all the time. I, I do enjoy positivity and I also see the value in witnessing struggle. Mm. I think, mm. um, not I think actually, I was talking to my father about this earlier, um, considering how much my parents um, were open with us, I th- with their struggles um, was one of the greatest uh, sources of strength for me as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like really uh, moving away from some very unproductive, somewhat abusive uh, childhoods themselves. And they were parenting without a guidebook. They didn't know, you know, a lot of the time it was instinctual and it was reactive. Mm -hmm. And they were so honest about their ups and downs and their foibles and their weaknesses Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where it was quite amazing as a child, your parents sharing how hard things were sometimes, not always, sometimes it was incredibly positive. But as a child, I didn't have to fill in the gaps thinking it was me. And I didn't have to, like witnessing the struggle, yeah. I believe firsthand, I've, I've experienced it and felt the strength that's come from that is so important for kids to see um, parents as people, mm. as the whole. Mm. Um, and I, I remember somebody once saying to me, it's your parents are showing you all of the Crayola colors. Mm-hmm. They're not just showing you the bright primaries. They are showing you the grays and the blacks and the whites so that when it happens to you, you can say, oh yeah, like my dad, when he was like totally unraveling in his forties, yeah. I'm feeling some of those same things. So all that to say is that um, for my kids, when I'm really struggling with something, which I definitely have had my struggles, whether it's health, whether it's trying to navigate a difficult situation at work or personal relationship or just personal growth, I try my best to voice it uh, in a way that's productive with the kids. It's not that I walk around crying or like, "Ah," but I think it's like, I'm having a hard time because they are so attuned to my energy and my, my tone, my behavior that when I didn't do that, which was, you know, early days and I, I just wasn't practiced or thought it was appropriate to do with my kids at a young age, mm. I found Sophia reacted so badly. Mm. And I could almost tell when I was going through something before by seeing her reactions and it would it would mirror and be like, oh, yeah, what's going on with you, Hope? Um, so now I, I really try and it's a work in progress to share struggles in productivity ways and and yeah and and sometimes they give me words of wisdom that uh i think grown-ups don't necessarily have the same clarity or simplicity Mm. i love how you put that too like if we don't do that then they take it personally they sense something is up and they imagine it's because they're kids they imagine it's about them and how will they learn to navigate those darker times if they're always being shown don't talk about it don't don't reveal that it makes them even more scared but if you can model it yeah normalizes it it makes it like this is part of life this is and they yeah. go, you know like i'm always struck by what kids already go through at like five six seven years old they're going yeah. through loss they're going through rage they're going through all the things we go through as adults and often they have no one to help them understand what the hell is happening yeah, it's quite amazing that um, I don't know at what point um, many parents, and this isn't a judgment, this is something I've, I've spent time considering for myself, at what point do you include kids on 
actually what's going on and the feelings and the movement and growth like we lost a very close a few close friends of ours and some of my friends were shocked that I would talk so openly about death that I would bring my kids in to say goodbye and talk about euthanasia my friend had assisted suicide and they knew all about it they understood it and it made sense to them Um, and there were a few other relatives around this one person who decided not to share that he was even sick with their children, Mm. let alone dying. And then one day he was just gone. And so for them, they were like, I know on some level he's sick. I know that he's probably not going to live, but why is no one telling me? Did I do something that is untrustworthy? Can you not share it with me? Can you? So it was not a judgment, but more like at what point it was a discussion I had with Charlie. Like, what point do you talk to your children openly about uh, death and grieving and uh, substance abuse oh. or personal space and sexuality? Or, I mean, yeah. so many topics have come up. Yeah. And I guess now are at 8 and 10, Alfie and Sophia, I believe, they are, they are free to... Uh, ask questions and I will answer honestly and sometimes be proactive in talking about things maybe before some other parents would think is the right time but I would I would question like you know your children you know your family and what is when is the right time the right time becomes the time that is safe and you know yeah and, and I guess it comes back to when you see yourself as the navigator it's almost a responsibility to like to when they see something, they go, "What the hell is that?" And that looks scary, or they sense something is happening yeah. around them. To pretend that it's not happening seems kind of strange and not. Yeah, helpful, right? and you kids know? are so smart. Right. You want them to grow up to, yeah. be able to navigate themselves in the world, and so it makes so much sense. Yeah. I do think kids and death. I I see a beautiful synergy between. Um, people leaving the world and people coming into the world. And um, on my friend's deathbed, there were a couple kids who were very much a part of his letting go and saying goodbye. And I remember a couple of the children sitting with him and speaking so honestly and bluntly about being able to let go and and being like surrounded by people that he loved. And the grown-ups were standing there like, oh my gosh, how can a child say this? Mm. And they really, like, it just, they just spoke from their heart. And I think giving, um, like, sort of of end-of-life situations um, and and kids who are very young, connecting them in ways in our culture more often, I think, gives this, again, another expanse of, like, oh, the shoulds become clearer, the like life is precious. You never know what happens. Um, All of it just, again, back into that sort of bigger expansive framework of um, and parenting and and just sort of getting out of the way of some pretty amazing and brilliant children. uh, I'm in awe, as you can tell, by kids. Yeah. I'm just like really loving how you talk about that. I, 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 couldn't, I can't help but think of this, uh, listening to um, a couple people talking about <clears throat> a study where they studied kid, children who are dying in hospitals. Yeah. And there was this conspiracy with the doctors, the parents, and the, the priests um, to not tell them that they're dying. Yeah. Not talk about it. And then when they interviewed the kids, they all knew, I'm dying. Yeah. What the hell is... And, and they were feeling so alone. And they're yeah. so confused by like, why doesn't anyone talk about it? I can feel it. It's happening. I, but David, this happens with grownups right. still. It's insane. I mean, I, 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 yeah. And they revert back to being a little kid who's lonely and no one wants to talk about the elephant in the room. I think actually elephants in the room are a great thing mm. to consider in parenting. And if mm. you have the time or you carve out time where you just watch or you just listen there's so much going mm-hmm. on beyond words of like there's a big elephant in the room what it, what's going on and I think carving out some sort of family rhythm of talking about those elephants or does anyone else feel this shift or um again I, I just think having 
had a year of time with my family reminds me of the things we miss when we're too busy. And having been so brilliantly busy for so long with a shining cape of, I'm busy, I'm so, you know, getting so much stuff done, the things that you missed, that I missed. Um, I'm just so thankful that um, we took that time to not be busy for a real chunk to see and to set a sort of a, a resonance that we can go back to. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to, I keep coming back to thinking about this idea of a compass that our emotions mm. and our experiences when we learn to digest them like you said oh. like someone teaches us to understand what the hell's happening and yeah how i situate myself to it i start to develop discernment and wisdom to be able mm-hmm. to navigate eventually right yeah and how i didn't get that growing up i had to learn that in my 20s and 30s i had to be mentored by grandfathers and grandmothers and aunties and uncles to help me understand what like what's mm-hmm. happening <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I want my daughter to have that and she's already developing that at an early age and that makes me really proud and and then I I showed you um a few days ago this this idea of a parenting company just to yeah look at ourselves while we're parenting because there's so much going on right yeah um and then you you reflected a lot on it and wrote to me about it and I wondered if there's any uh, reflections that you want to share about that what you discovered when you look at that compass what what strikes you as um i i loved it um i do really enjoy tools and representations of a pattern or a, or something that i notice you know going on um all around me and i i think that your parenting compass was really uh it was very clear and it was simple but there was enough um, tension and flexibility um, because I think that's what happens in families and in relationships, that nobody is all one way or another way. I, I was looking through your various strengths and the various um, points on the compass, yeah. and I was trying to, as you do as a reader, you're like, where am I on this? And how am I strong in all of these places? And I, my first inclination as I shared with you is I couldn't see myself as much as a parent but I could see my parents as parents and I was like oh so mom was so this side and dad was so over here Mm. and how beautiful the dance was between having people on you know quite diametrically opposed Yeah. yeah yeah Um, and where I could make, especially since they were so open about their struggles or, you know, being so in one camp or another that I could then make sense in the middle. And, um, so it wasn't about your, what I liked about your compass was it wasn't about one's right, one's wrong. And it was, but really the, the words and the terminology, I'm trying to think in my head, okay, that would be really great to walk through with my kids. As you said with Sophia, like, helping them to see patterns and also um, what's possible in behavior, not because the person's good or bad, but because it's just the behavior. And I wanted to find out from you if you've considered like how families, kids, parents can use your compass. Like what are, what are thoughts on? So I've already started talking to different families and okay. it's so fun to see the kids come to the table and they're like, what's that? And yeah. Like, oh, oh, mom, you're totally this. You're totally this. Oh my God, dad. Oh yeah, yeah. that's you. And it's really exciting because they're, they're just finding a frame to be able to say, like in my family, I'm the adventure guy and my wife is more the safety person. Right. And as we've come from conflict with each other, yeah. Yeah. our daughter has held that polarity and as we've come to accept and appreciate the other, I've become more safety conscious and mm. how to create a safe base so my daughter can be more courageous. Mm. And my wife has become more adventurous, more playful, more fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing that could cause a lot of pain and judgment and to, right. you know, to have that difference, but it's actually the more we became conscious of it and we started talking about it in our family culture, 
Yeah. Um, and I started to notice it playing out all the time. Like my daughter needed more reassurance. She wouldn't come to me. And then I'd be like, oh, I feel rejected. Yeah. Like I want to. So I yeah. kind of motivated me to grow. Right. Right. Being conscious of that made me want to grow. Add that motivation to grow is is um, is a really good point. Uh, I've experienced that same thing, Charlie, feeling frustrated that the kids, when they were younger, especially, didn't go to him, and that if there is a compass or a real, like, articulated uh, framework, then it's easier to see. Okay, it's not a personal attack. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad parent. Right. This makes sense in a larger picture. Um, and you don't go back to that as a grown up, back to your child self, which is, I feel rejected. I don't feel like you want me. So maybe I don't want you either. And, uh, it's that dance. And I, I think, um, I'm definitely going to explore it with my kids. Um, and Charlie, if you've got more ideas, we could just off-road it and see what happens and share. I'll just tell you really briefly last night I was you know, I just like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm trying to get her to sleep and mm-hmm. I start being controlling, micromanaging. Yeah. And, nor, you know, sometimes I've come to like apologize, repair. Yes. Yeah. But I was able to just use the language of, oh, look, you know, daddy's being too bossy, right? Right. I'm sorry. Is, do you feel in that? And she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I was being too bossy, you know? And, and she just looked at me with so much compassion and she just, and she was like at a moment of like, she was getting really annoyed. Right. She shifted into a moment of compassion. She looked at me, she put her hand on my shoulder and said, it's okay, daddy. I can be bossy too sometime. And yeah. it's, it's okay. And, and yeah, I do mm-hmm. a little push, but I know what I'm doing. And yeah. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and it was like, I was struggling. You know, I sometimes struggle between power and love. Like I want mm. loving and accepting, but I also want to influence because this is like, she needs to grow and she's not growing in a certain way. And I, I see the need there as it. Yeah. Um, and so- I think kids like to have boundaries and mm. there, is a, there is a place for structure and expectations mm. and follow through. And I guess, I mean, everyone has their own parenting style, but as I grow with my kids and my family, understanding how safe it makes them feel to know what the limits and the edges are. When there's no edges and no limits, then I notice my kids react in, a, in more of an explosive way than if I come down and I'm very clear. And I have a, you know, I think it's the same as organizations. It's the same as grown-up relationships. Um, there's there's a, a healthy process to teeing up the framework and the relationships and expectations and what does finish look like? And what does all of these um, these sort of rules that we have um, to exist in in you know coexist with each other? I, I have to just like gush here because I feel like you when I look at when I think of the compass and I think of you and what I know of you, it's like you're in that you're in that center zone on on, on everything I can think of. It's like oh, you're creative, but you're structured and organized. Uh, you're loving, but you're also influential, you're, you know? And I, I go, Ugh. and even when you're in that zone where you're not going to the extreme so much, you're more in that dynamic zone as a parent, there's still tension, right? And there's still yeah. dynamism and there's still like so much to grow. And so my question to you um, and sort of where I want to come to an, a close today is to say, you know, what's your learning edge? Where, where do you want to grow? And do you want to come back to this conversation in, a, let's say, in a few weeks or months and revisit that, that direction that you want to grow? Because I'm really excited about, as a parent, always like, what's the next? Where am I, you know, where am I evolving? Where am I putting energy? Do you have anything that's inspiring you in terms of like where you want to grow? And you have so many strengths already. And, and Yeah, I, 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 um, I think... An area to explore is my kids have not been in school and they haven't been entrenched in um, a big social network for the past year. They've been with us, and, and they, you know that comes with its own set of um, amazingness and challenge. But it did 
mean that they were not swept up and away and fraught with um, social dynamics that are going on. And they're about to start school in a week, a new school, new country. I, uh, in the past month of my children being in camp, especially with Sophia, who's 10, is starting to get involved in some some pretty heady dynamics with other girls and navigating it beautifully. And I don't always navigate it as beautifully. I've noticed myself as much as I want to let my kids learn on their own. And I want to model, you know, not being a snowplow parent and and intervening and um, getting in the way of their own learning. There have been moments where I I'm reminded about my own childhood and mean girls or social exclusion or Mm. just some not nice behavior. And I want to protect my kids. Sometimes I want to go, that's okay. I've got you. You know, I'm safe. This ship, stay on the ship. You don't even need to go out there. (laughs) And so I noticed that, that like healthy introspection of like the gap between where I want to be and what I know is important for my kids to learn their own lessons and what my my own personal experience and reactions and reminders bubble up Mm. so it's like how I can and I would be interested in sharing you know months few months into school how I navigate that oh my gosh it makes me think of that there's all these parenting styles. One of them is the kangaroo, right? You're going to keep them in your pouch as long as you can. Yeah. And eventually they start having to hop around and fall down and yeah. lose sight of them and they come back and you're like, are you okay? Uh, and, oh, that's so such a searing and potent. I think every parent can relate to that of letting go of your kids and letting them enter the social yeah, and there and and really, Sophia's grown up so considerably in the last year that she doesn't need me in the same way. She needs me in different ways, but it's also how I can health healthfully respect the elephants in the room as they pop up. How can I make sure as we get busier again to carve out time um, to notice things and to be proactive and and then again sometimes just not say too much and just love and knowing when and where to do each of them is going to be a huge learning curve for me, David. Yeah. And I, I, I also hear in there the sense of like the way you're used to taking care of her, being with her, being for her, she's evolved and you're, yeah. I need to evolve too, because she, yeah, that's exactly different it. Things and I'm going to have to grow maybe socially. Yes. Maybe revisit the places where, where she goes through stuff that you went through. Yes. You're going to have to revisit that emotion. Yes, exactly. All of that. So yeah. Maybe some healing in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> in my heart, that's feeling. Uh-huh. Oh, there's like a tenderness, like your heart's going to stretch. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 It is. Oh. And is there, uh-huh. um, before we let you go, <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there something um, that can help you on that journey? I feel like certainty that you're going to grow and you're going to go through it and we're going to hear something really interesting and cool when we talk to you next time. But can we plant a seed together of uh, a certain kind of support that you could use or strategies or intentions or something that you feel like, yeah, this is going to really be good to have around me when I go through this. Great question. And I'm open to what you suggest. I, I I fall back to... Um, making space is always a great place for things to, um, as you said, I'm, things might come up that I need to heal. Things might come up that Sophia needs to stretch and grow into. Yeah. Our relationship will be evolving in its own way. So if I can carve out time and I will consider how to do it when I get a sense of the rhythm there, mm-hmm. but you know, some time each week to just check in of like, you know, how was that week for you, for me, for us? Um, I think that uh, could work. I have an invitation. Yeah, great. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I, I feel like your strength is going to be to do that. Your strength is going to be to go to her, to communicate with her, be present for her. And so I'm guessing what might be a blind spot or something that could be really helpful that you might not be thinking about. Yeah. yeah. When she goes through that, 
there might be times where she really needs you to just let her cry and hold her and listen to her and help her reframe and all the things that you're really good at. Right. Yeah. And there might be times where she slams the door and she really needs to just like process it on her own and then come right. to you. And that, there will be times I'd be guessing that will be hard. Oh, yes. What? She's not letting <laughs> me in. I, I don't know what's happening. Right. Yes. So, um, I'm guessing that you having some other parents to connect to, you trust. Yeah. To be able to relate to them, go, oh my God, she's not talking to me. What do I do? Ah, do I keep pushing or do I give her space? Like that, all the questions you're asking that you have sounding boards and you have other parents mm-hmm. maybe going it through a similar stage. You can yeah. Like, Is this normal? What do I, you know, and you can kind of just like feel, feel loved and supported by their empathy and their, their understanding. Or maybe parents who've already gone through that. Yeah. So they can look yeah. back and. And I think the other thing that comes to my mind is giving yourself some kind of support that um, when you see things that are going on for her that are painful for you and you want to yeah. rescue her, you want to make yeah. it, oh, uh, you know, uh, but she really needs to like move through that herself and with your support is mm. to do something for yourself, some kind of. I don't like the term self-care. No, you know what? I've already carved that out. I mean, yoga for me in Bali is, um, yeah. I mean, because it, it centers me, it's physical, it's energetic, it's, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think in times of stress, we throw those out the window. It's like, oh, I can't do yoga this week. I have to be yeah. doing these Yeah, it's when you need remember. it most. Right, it's to remember, it's to <laughs> yeah. fiercely protective of that self-care. Yeah. Because that allows you to really be at your best you know, when she comes to you, when she really needs you. Um, God, I'm so heartened by that. It's like, I already feel that. My daughter's only seven. And I, already <laughs> I know. Feel that. Like, I, it uh, does, there is a sense of already it's happening? Already? Yeah. yeah. And it, it goes quickly. I, I mean, developmentally, I just want to leave you with, with this sort of thought. Can you think of like, you know, the timeline of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how all of us need to grow and where we can get stunted. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that she's flowering socially. Yes. To have yes. agony, to feel rejected, to be confused, yep. to be feeling jealousy and envy from friends and yep. put into triangles between people. Yep. It's also yucky and, ah, uh, but it's actually like, wow. So she's, she's growing and she's at the, she's at that stage where she yep. has to learn to navigate. And most of us as adults don't still don't know how to navigate. I know. Those I know. Kind of situations, so we're all learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait to to update you and let you know how how everything goes. But um, what a pleasure! I yeah. will explore the compass further. Yeah. One last thing I did want to say is your compass um, also reminded me that our family um, at the end of our year away traveling we decided to sit down and write our own compass. And mm-hmm. like, basically we came up with what are the things that are most important to us? It was a different format of yours, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really interesting ex- experiment slash exercise um, that I will for sure share with you. Um, yeah. And it sounds like a, also like a family crest where you're like identifying what do we value? What do we, yeah. what are we moving towards? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I want to do that now. <laughs> I'm going to sit down. Do it. Do, do it. Do it. Okay, do it. You know what? Before I see you next, I'm going to do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I'll just say one thing about like how you're affecting me in this call. Can I, can I leave you? Yeah. I'm just really like, I feel like when I'm listening to you and we're talking, it's like there's like, my brain is totally on. My heart is totally tuned in. My body's really present. I feel like you're such a integrated, you're a great model of what integrated parenting looks like. Oh, thank you so much. And, and yeah. I think it's the credit of your, of your family that raised yeah. you and, and yourself making courageous decisions as a parent. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow. Um, you know, I think of it as a, my model for, for what, what, how I see you is the being a love warrior, like you're oh. committed and determined to be the most present, most loving, wisest person you can. And you're very 
aware of your humanity and your vulnerability mm-hmm. and it's all part of the package and that's and you're navigating through it and, and it's beautiful and there's, no, oh, perfect, thank there's you. no sense of perfection there's just a sense of deep deep humanity that I take mm-hmm. from our call and you've also left me with like really I'm gonna next time I we talk I want to check in with you about like I'm gonna work on cultivating this sense of hope mm. <sighs> And changing my, you know, evolving my relationship to hope. Um, because it was really wonderful to, to see how you see it and to receive that energy. And mm. I want to grow more of that. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, I'll be marinating on threads of this conversation for a while. Yay! All right. See you okay. I am so grateful to hope. Since this conversation, I have learned so much about trusting the unknown and navigating it as a family. Now, you can also follow Hope. We're going to hear from her again this season. But you can follow her story and her family's adventures. All the details are in the show notes. Next episode, I'm going to put myself in the hot seat and hear from my daughter and my wife about how I am as a parent. (laughs) And furthermore... We'll be hearing from more parents in the weeks ahead. Wonderful, wise, powerful, vulnerable, and real parents like you in the trenches of parenting. Till next time, I want you to remember that none of us can do this alone. It takes a village to help any family thrive. And if you're doing your best to help your kids and to learn and evolve as a parent, give yourself props. And I bow to you in deep respect.